Thank you for joining us on Radio Rehab this week, where we've tried to destigmatize depression, mental illness, and suicide by having an open conversation about it. This is my last episode of the week with my guest co-host, Sarah D. Today, we talk about therapists who don't want you to leave them, the program, and the process. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. who wouldn't let me go that were like no 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 you know you have one more session one more goodbye session just come back one more time and we'll work it out really we will like they get like that kind of weird vibe about it's like what's going on you know yeah i've had that too (laughs) you need you need to fill that slot really badly i know right it's like what hmm. that's right i wonder what it is or or is it like they feel like there's just one more thing they can try that might fix us I think they have egos, too. I mean, of course they must. I, we, you should actually talk to a sh- an addicted shrink and see what they say. That would be interesting. Um, Ooh, that would be great. Yeah. I, th- I think they have egos, too. I think that some of them sh- are in the wrong business. I remember there was one guy uh, in rehab who I thought I, th- I had this feeling that it was more important for him that he be essential to your recovery than than that you recovered. And I was like, you know, he's got too much ego. You wow. Know? Yeah. I mean... It's hard. It's hard to say, I just want this person to get better, even even if it's at the expense of my, you know, reputa- good name or whatever. I mean, it's tough. So I think that they they want a hand in it. Yeah, they yeah. want to be the one who fixed you. Yeah, they don't want to be the one that was like so awful you found the one who did, you know? That's weird. Yeah, that's definitely ego. Yeah. It's more like find the person who's right for you. Yeah. Yeah, is how I think I would feel. I guess it's a form of rejection. You should get a shrink on here and ask them if they feel rejected when their clients go someplace else. See, you know what the thing about me is? I've, I'm not good at breaking up. Mm-hmm. So I would just see a shrink who I didn't like and who sucked and wasn't helping me because I didn't know. And they would be like, and I would just not make an appointment or not go to yeah. an appointment. Ghost they the would shrink. Keep, yeah, I would ghost the shrink <laughs> as the kids say. And like, and, but they would keep calling me yeah. and I would never go, I don't want to see you anymore. I would just go, okay, yeah, we can make an appointment on Thursday. I had too. Much, I think I have too much anger towards the shrinks, probably because of my biological father. Yeah. To, to, uh, to, I've had horrible fights with shrinks. Yes. Really? You know, I'm a nice person. I don't tend to go at it with anybody. I don't know if I'm a nice person. I'm a fearful person and don't tend to go at it with everybody. And I feel more comfortable when I'm, you know, liked and in, you know. Of course. But shrinks, they bring it out in me. And You're I've needed, kidding. And I've needed them desperately for things, too, over the years. But, yeah, I've been ruder and more ruthless. To- Why? Like, what brought because, it out? I guess it's um, it's my ego, you know. It's like... Even though, as I've admitted here in the past, you know, conversation that clearly I, I don't know my own mind and I can be deceived and all that stuff, I still think that I'm a little smarter. And if, you know, if they just come at me the wrong way and I get a sense that, you know, they think they know something I don't, I can get furious. I don't know why. It's really immature. Oh, yeah. I, so I see. Or what it's it like is. they. they, they you, I get the illusion again. It's false thinking that they're pigeonholing me, and they think they've got it, and they're just going to tell me. And I just, I just get the need to go nuts. 
Okay. Yeah. Like, do you? I've been in therapy so many times. I could be teaching this shit. Like, don't you don't know me? Yeah. Just something like really, and you think you know blah blah blah, and you've been through blah blah blah, and you get the you know. Right. Mm -hmm. It's funny because when my dad died, it's like my therapist was trying, like, when my dad died, it's like I said, it was a deal breaker. It's like, oh, I'm not going to therapy because I'm giving up on life officially. And it's like, and I know that must have been painful for her. She was a really good therapist, like, and really caring. Like, Mm -hmm. she just genuinely cared about people. But she would call and and try and be like, you need to come in. I know, I know your dad passed away. But you need to talk to someone. Did you talk to her? I never, I didn't talk to anybody for years. Did you, were you aware that there was something slightly self-destructive in that? Yeah, but it was like a really freeing fuck it. Uh Like, it Uh was like, this, I don't care because I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. And I don't care if I go down in flames at this point. Like, let let the chips fall where they may. It was a sincere fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was because, like, the night he died was when I heard my first, like, my first sip of hard alcohol in Mm -hmm. forever. And it was like, yeah, it was a fuck you. Mm -hmm. Even though I was shooting myself in the foot. You know, it's like. We're saying fuck you, but we're really fucking ourselves. It's like yeah. that 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 taking that sip it's of alcohol. It's certainly not uncommon. No, not yeah. at all, not at all. But yeah, it's the I just the lengths I took it to mm-hmm. are regrettable. But I was able to. It's really hard to pull out once you start. Oh my god! Once you once you once you get a taste, yeah, it doesn't just go away. You don't get to choose to be like, okay, I'll put it down and be a good girl and go back and announce myself as a newcomer for the next thirty days or whatever. But, and then there's that whole stigma of announcing yourself as a newcomer. That again. has kept me clean some some oh, yeah. times. Me too. Yeah, just the me idea too. of the smugness that other people, I don't know. Right? Imagine smugness. I'm sure nobody gives is even paying attention. But yeah, it can keep you clean. Oh yeah. I mean, there's the whole like I know I know somebody who's got like I think like 40 years or something. This woman and she, I love her because she blatantly admits she goes, oh yeah, I don't drink because I don't want to come back and be a newcomer again. Imagine how you guys would look at me with all this time I have. And I she's half joking, but serious. It's interesting that we get some sort of authority in the rooms. It's total crap, you know. Right. That, <laughs> that this schmuck with five years is somehow you know more wise and together than this schmuck with five months. You know, it, it, it's uh, well, it's to weird... me it's the people with 30 years. Like those are the people i put up on a pedestal and i feel bad for doing it but they're so smart yeah they just they, have they know so their much own wisdom thing. they've been through a lot but then again they're not infallible oh no not at all but my broken brain is like oh i don't want to have to be like uh-huh. them i still want to be the baby like i still want help from everybody i don't want everybody to expect me to do everything right <laughs> so maybe every every few years <laughs> I'll just, I'll just fall off and come back, and I know that's a horrible way of thinking. It's like uh, when you don't want to be the one with authority. You don't no, want. So maybe you've got to that. demystify these old guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this great line I, I heard someone in a room say once. So it's just like, "Be nice to the newcomer because one day they're going to be sponsoring you." I heard that too. <laughs> like, I heard one. that too. I mean, we're all just like people with. Doing their best. I know. But it's a dangerous thought, the whole going back out and coming back in. Because I had a counselor, and the the last rehab I was in was my... Right. The last (laughs) rehab I was in was my 14th, I think. Wow. Yeah. And the counselor said to me, 
You know, they were like, it's a miracle you were able to get sober again. I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, you're like a phoenix rising out of the ashes. And they were like, you don't have another relapse in you. And I went, I bet you I do. In my head. Uh, I didn't say that out loud. But when they said that, I was like, oh, you want to make a bet? Yeah. And then they were like, okay, you know, no, actually I did say that out loud because they were like, okay, fine. You have another relapse in you, but you don't have another recovery in you. And again, I was like, really? You want to make a bet? I bet I do. That's exactly the way I felt when people would say, you could have died. I know. Like, oh, if only. <laughs> God, I tried that. It didn't work. <laughs> oh my God! No, I have the same. I know, and, and I almost look envious. I get envious of people who, you know, like relapse after thirty days and they OD and die. I'm like, hey, well, well I tried that. It didn't work. It, that guy didn't even want it. It must be different for you, like. I had such an enormous sense of shame, or I don't know what it was, shame, pride, something not pretty, um, that I couldn't go back out because I didn't want to be under other people's control. Like, if if I went back out, everyone would be like, oh, we can't trust her at all. We're going to stick her in another institution and mess with her and do this and do that. And it, it was like some some need to to just not be a useless i don't know what it was i don't this is not making to any not, sense no 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 i get it like is it you mean to not be like just somebody taking up space and not contributing anything to the world you're just yeah, a blah. i have this image of me in like a wheelchair hacking and smoking and all you know crazy and messed up and high and trying to angle and my daughter and my husband having to wheel me around and i just couldn't oh. do it i just I, okay I, I was ashamed at the idea that i was going to be the weak link Oh, yeah. You were going to be the cancer that needed to be cut out. Yeah. Yeah, that I was the mess. Oh, okay. I guess I have a little judgy streak, and someone else needs to be the mess. (laughs) I can't be the mess anymore. I can't be the mess. Yeah. But um, my history of relapses is different. I guess I had one really long relapse uh, that lasted like, well, anyways, what I'm curious about is how do you. How do you work towards trust with yourself, having had, having been to fourteen rehabs? Oh my God, I don't know that I do trust myself. It's a constant state of, I'm trying to turn it over all the time, and going, oh God, I know I have this thing. Because even now, like I'll be driving down Sixth Street and I'll see like two crackheads yelling at each other, and I'll be like, those lucky bastards, they don't have a care in the world. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, to a normal person, they're like, oh my God, dude, yeah. look, they're on the streets. And I'm like, I sell this car I'm driving, get rid of everything, you know, blow through my bank account by midnight. You know, like, like I have those thoughts. So I'm in a constant state of, of begging a higher power to take that away uh-huh. because I don't trust myself. Mm-hmm. I just don't trust myself, but I trust the program and I trust the process and I trust assigned people. Good. Like I trust you. Like I, w- I will come to you for advice before I would do something stupid. I hope I would have something useful to say. Oh, I know you yeah, would. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meet me at a meeting. Anything. Yeah, anything. I mean, there's no part of me that really yeah, is gonna yeah, I do know it. That. I think, you know, it's just never it's, it's just never a thought a, that it's not a safe. A good idea. No, and, the, and it's not You can't help anybody then. No. You can help them by going back in the rooms, I guess, and saying I'm a newcomer. Hey, look, it didn't work out there again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did you guys a favor and tested the water. Okay, <laughs> I made it so you don't have to relapse today. Yeah, I could. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're the, some pe- kind we're of the people, thing. though, who just, you know, don't get it immediately. It's not like, oh, I found out it was bad for me and I and I quit Anonymous. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, my God. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I found out it was bad for me and I quit Anonymous. That's the best. Those people should have their own meetings. Yeah, because yeah, I don't relate to that. No, it's more like I, there really is no place else to go. I'm going to have to do this or else, you know, yeah. die shamefully. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why it comes, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, it's kicky and it's not all bad, you know. Um, I like it. I like it too. But why did I dread it so much? Again, it's that. It's the disease. It's the disease. It's the disease lying to you. It's the disease, like the disease of depression that tells you, oh, everyone hates you yeah. and they, they really need you to not be here because you're no ruining everything. And no one will understand or be able to help. Yeah. And you're the only one who feels this way. It's bullshit. It's We have broken. We're not wired correctly. It's like our minds aren't wired correctly. Mm-hmm. So we have to go get constant tune-ups from meetings. Which is fine because they're fun and we enjoy them. Yes. But it's like left to our own devices. We're like a broken machine. We're like some Dell computer from 19... 19- you know, it, it is, I guess that is really humbling in a good way. It's in a humbling. good way. I'm always trying to think of humbling because I spent a lot of time thinking I was pretty damn sharp. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are. But, you know, the bottom line is, you know, my capacity for self-deception is obviously huge. And I can make ridiculously bad choices. Oh, my God. It's it's like, okay, character defects. Yeah. I have made some ratty, ratty choices. I think the thing is to always trust other people to I mean, not just anyone in general, but to have a safety net or other other people who. Other addicts. I don't know why. Yeah, just other addicts it. are people who are or therapists or any people who mm-hmm. understand depression and addiction and have been through it and have like a why have a big circle of them. Not just have like one person. Have like a group of like twelve. And when you are about to make a really serious decision, if it's like to go back out, I think I'm going to drink or uh, I think I'm going to kill myself or impulsive action is not is clearly right. Not good. Yeah, you just run it by them and you have to trust what they say. Or if you or if you've made some decision about yourself and how much you suck and don't deserve to live, mm-hmm. run, it, run it by someone else. Just see, make sure. Yeah. See how long you can go with that feeling and maybe it'll change too. It's like nothing you have to act on immediately. Yeah. You know. You don't have to do anything today. Yeah. Or right now. I mean, we've all sort of white knuckled through a lot of self-hatred. Just, oh yeah it it does pass it does it really does and like the one thing for me is it's like and i know this is so cliche in the rooms but it's like thinking about somebody else or helping somebody else the less i'm thinking about myself the better off i am and i have friends who seem to think about themselves and their situation in their life mm-hmm. like a lot and they're miserable those are the saddest people i know so it's like it seems to me like the more you kind of like help somebody else or yeah. get out of yourself, yeah, the the better off you are. Absolutely, it's like the trick of the third step prayer, where it's like you know, dear God, release me of the bondage, so I can better serve you. Yeah, like you know, take away thing. my issue so that I can help somebody yeah. else. Yes, yeah, so I can show show everyone how great you are. You know, yeah, whatever. If it works, go for it. It's like obviously service works. Just doing something nice for someone else builds up self esteem. Yes. Be of service. Yeah. Being of service always helps. Yeah. Well, I think we've 
I think we've covered everything. I feel like I'm stealing that from Howard Stern. I think you've said everything. <laughs> I doubt it. I, I you know, it's, it, I think this is something that I'm so glad you're talking about, and I think it'd be great to do for you to do more of this because, like, it's for real. Yeah, you know. I mean, I want to get and, and a therapist it's scary on. To ta- it's scary to talk about. It is because, like, you know, the the only expertise I have is my own damn depression, which and, is you know. great though, because there's somebody out there and they're listening to this and they're not talking to a therapist and they feel like they're the only person that feels the way they feel. Yeah. When it's like, you know, you look at people. It's like Anthony Bourdain. I hate to keep making an example of him, but you you look at. You look at that guy who he looks had so bloody everything. Yeah. Like he's in his sixties, his girlfriend's in his forties, because he's smoking hot and he's brilliant. Boy, Everybody wants to life. be his friend, and he's so cool. And he didn't feel that way, obviously, because he didn't want to live anymore. Or it's like you look at anybody who feels happy, and you don't really know what they're going through. Like we all have depression. Like I have days where I hate myself. Me too. Me too. And we're just, I just can't. I have no idea how to even address the rut I feel sometimes. Right. And like the only thing you can do, the only things that really work for me are to keep doing what I'm doing, to keep working my program, keep taking my meds because I yeah. got my meds. Who knows what's happened? So don't get off your meds. Yeah, stay and on your meds. Stay on your meds. If you're not on meds, maybe you need to be on meds. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But yeah, like keep doing what you're doing and think about somebody else. Do Help as much somebody as you else. can. If you have six seconds where you can reach out, reach out for that reach tiny out. bit. If you have to stay you know, in all day, just try to maybe go out the next day for a minute. Right. You know, just the little things. Tiny, tiny little things that help so much. It's so crazy how much yeah. they help. Yeah. And you, you can only trust people who've been through it. So we're Go obviously... against your instincts a little. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Don't, yeah, that's the best one. Because your instincts are probably wrong right now. Because yeah. they're telling you bad shit. <laughs> if you're shit. that miserable, yeah. Yeah, if you're miserable, your instincts are wrong. Yeah. Ask somebody else. Mm-hmm. This was great. This was a lot of fun. Thank you to Sarah for being my guest co-host this week. Thanks to you for listening. If you like what you hear, please like, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. Check out my blog at radio.rehab. And if you or someone you know needs help, you can always go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org or call 1-800-273-8255. But talk to someone, please, and keep coming back.